it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. We lied, Ma. What do you mean you lied? All of us. Your Sherry Six, we lied about what happened after the crash. And what did happen? Okay. You see, we did crash. But it was on this crazy island. And we waited for rescue, and there wasn't a rescue. And then there was a smoke monster. And then there were other people on the island. We called them the others. And they started attacking us. And we found some hatches, and there was a button you had to push every 180 minutes, or... Well, I was never really clear on that. But the others didn't have anything to do with the hatches. That was the Dharma Initiative. They were all dead. The others killed them. And now they're trying to kill us. And then we teamed up with the others because some worse people were coming on a freighter. Desmond's girlfriend's father sent them to kill us. So we stole their helicopter and we flew it to their freighter, but it blew up. And we couldn't go back to the island because it disappeared. So then we crashed into the ocean and we floated there for a while until a boat came and picked us up. And by then there were six of us. That part was true. But the but the rest of the people who were on the plane, they're still on that island. I believe you. Welcome to another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited as we continue with our coverage of the fifth season. I'm Ben. I'm Kristen. This week hey. we move forward. Hey! 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 <laughs> this week we move forward with our discussion of season five, episode two, The Lie. <laughs> I think it's a record how fast we uh <laughs> we we kind of derailed that for hey! Hey! <laughs> It's a horrible, horrible Harry Callis. I was going to say, is that Harry Carey? (laughs) Harry Carey impressions. Well, it was Will Smith, us doing Will Smith, Will Ferrell Ferrell doing Harry Carey. I'm the guy playing the dude, played by another dude. (laughs) Hey. Hey. You suppose the moon is way to cheese? (laughs) Sight. That was horrible. I'm curious like a cat. I'm curious like a cat. That's why my friends call me Whiskers. (laughs) Oh, I need to watch those sketches again. I forgot about those. <laughs> that particular, the best of Will Ferrell, that particular one, it's like pee your pants funny. Yeah, it's, oh my God, I forgot about his, I mean, I didn't forget about it, but I forgot about the whole, I'm curious like a cat. That's why That's my, friends my friends call, call me call Whiskers. whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, <clears throat> on, to, on, on to what we're here for. Uh, and <laughs> and that's lost. Sure. Uh, season. If five. you don't feel lost while you're listening to us, then did you do it right? <laughs> hey, that's a good thing that we. Hey. Hey. Um, <laughs> God. Oh man. All right. 
Looney. Um, no, so yeah, Lost <laughs> season five, episode two, The Lie. Uh, if you're not already aware, this is a spoiler full podcast, which means we will talk about things from the past as well as the future of the series. Uh, so just a forewarning on that. But yeah, season five, episode two, which as we realized last week, the premiere of this season was a two-parter and we broke it up into two separate episodes of the podcast. <laughs> There's just so much that happens in each of these two. No, there isn't. Actually. There really, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's the thing too. Like I thought episode one of this, of this season was set up for episode two and the rest of the season. It's really not because there's not much more that happens No, in, in this episode. I think both of these episodes combined are set up for the rest of the season. Well, okay. So <clears throat> let's just get right, right into this. You leave the first episode. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be clearing my throat most of the time through this. I don't know what's going on. I think it's the pollen or something like that. So I apologize in advance. Um, so you end because, is it because we left or because you left? Because you left. Because you yeah. left, yes. Because you left. With Desmond, he's going to Oxford. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, ooh, yeah, we get to pick back up with Desmond. And then so I see the guys getting out the beards and they're on a boat. And I'm like, I go, that looks like Lapidus, but I think it's Desmond because that's where we left off was with Desmond. And then it ends up being Lapidus. And I'm like, ah, oh, stupid Lapidus. <laughs> and then, then we How go and dare this- you, madam, stupid Lapidus? Well, I I needed the Oxford trip. I didn't okay. want I didn't want you know the fallout from the you know Operation Dart Said. I wanted the fallout from I have to go to Oxford and I got what I didn't want. So I'm sitting there watching. Okay, 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 okay. And I'm I'm like barely taking notes because I'm like this is nothing. This isn't going to do anything. And then I get to the end and I'm like, oh shit! I didn't take any notes because <laughs> I thought we were going to Oxford and we didn't. <laughs> So that's that's my story. What's yours? <laughs> I, can I just say I love Operation Dart? <laughs> that's a good name. That's a good name. That probably what should have been what this episode was called. It was Operation Dart. <laughs> Where Saeed, Saeed maybe died, kind of died, coma died. And then Jack, of course, brought him back to life. Why is there a dead Pakistani on my couch? Did you know that people... Google Googled that like that's a big Google search term or something like that, because people are like so bugged by the fact that it wasn't ever corrected, that he wasn't Pakistani. That he's Iraqi and not Pakistani. Yeah, I was waiting for Hurley to say that, too. I I think Ah, he's from Iraq. (laughs) You're right. If anybody would have corrected it, it would have been Hurley. But I think Hurley had other things on his mind at that point, like the fact that she said he wasn't breathing. (laughs) Yeah. And you see Hurley rushing down the stairs to, to check. Um, Don't worry, yeah. mom. We got to play, mom. We're okay, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, let's, yeah, let's just get into things because there, there's, I mean, again, there is quite a bit that happens in this episode, but it's nothing like earth shattering. It is still more further set up and exposition for the rest of the season. Um, you know, the biggest, the biggest part of this episode is the fact that it's, it's, Hurley and Saeed and it's convincing Hurley that he has to become part of this group that goes back and it's that journey along the way Um, but yeah we start at the boat with Saeed and Jack 
kind of a little bit more more furthering of the story that we got in the season finale of season four of the lie that they have to tell and a little bit more on the fact that it's it's not just for the sake of protecting the people on the island it's for this it's for the the sake of protecting themselves at the same time because as jack and hurley are having and talking about in that conversation who's going to believe them when they talk about everything that happens on that that happened on that island well hurley makes a really good point there where he's just like if somebody backs me up then they won't think i'm crazy um you know i think that this is one of those times where they're both right mm-hmm. um I think that blindly following Jack's last minute decision, um, you know, maybe wasn't the the best route to take, Um, you know, having Penny there to back up the fact that, you know, her father would would never give up and, you know, use them um, to find the island you know, was true, but that was always going to be true, whether they lied or not. Yeah. I mean, he was going to, he knows that the Island was moved. He doesn't think it just disappeared. And he knows that the oceanic six are, are, are going to be the ones to help him find the Island, whether they lie or not. So I don't see what that really has to do with anything. I mean, as, as an immediate decision, like there in the moment, I can understand Jack's perspective. Like we need to lie because we're going to sound crazy. If we don't, it's either one of us sounds crazy or we all sound crazy. Uh, you know, cause if everybody backed up early, then everybody sounds crazy. It's, it's six people. It's five people. You don't believe rather than one person you don't believe, but in the long run of anything, I think not lying about it and knowing Charles Whitmore is still going to be coming after them or looking for the Island. I think it kind of hurts them in the long run, because if you, if you come out and you're open about everything that happened, whether or not people believe you, then that kind of exposes Charles Whitmore a little bit. Uh, you know, he's going to back off of his plan because it's going to seem like he's feeding into what they're saying, which makes him crazy. Yeah. If you hide everything that happened like they did, then Charles Whitmore can still be under the radar doing what he's doing and continue on his mission. If that makes sense. Right. And since they have to live with the lie and they have to kind of live in the shadows as a result, it makes them easier targets. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, like in the moment, Jack's right. But in the long run, Hurley's right. But isn't that always hasn't that always been the case with Hurley? Like, when are people going to get get with it? They've spent the last hundred and whatever days with um, with Hurley and with Jack. And, you know, to me, when we're ending season four, you really see Hurley is starting to kind of flex his leadership muscles a little bit. Um, in like very subtle ways. And Jack is kind of losing his leadership steam, you know, cause mm-hmm. he's making all of these rash decisions and they get off of the Island and they get onto this boat. And all of a sudden we're back to Jack making all the decisions, even though he hasn't been a reliable uh, leadership option for, you know, quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's kind of been, I mean, I guess the, the really the only word I can think of is selfish. I mean, not right. selfish to the point of John Locke selfish because John Locke pretty much just did whatever he did for himself. Uh, and for the sake of, as I say in quotations, the island, uh, as Ben was doing. And I put that in quotations because I really don't. I think John Locke was using the excuse he was using it for the island, but really, truly doing it for himself. 
Uh, yeah. You know, Jack was doing it. I believe his intentions were right in that he was doing it to protect everybody, but he kind of had his own self motives in like in high in a in a in a closer sense rather and everybody else's protection in hindsight. You know, it was still everybody's protection was the reason, but Jack was still had a little bit more self-interest in it than than just protecting everybody else. Right. Absolutely. Well, Jack doesn't do anything unless he has a stake in it. He doesn't do anything yeah. selflessly. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, you look at the situation. Uh, look at the helicopter. I mean, as a prime example of that, Jack is adamant that they don't return to the beach. Uh, you know, when they're losing fuel, and the one person that steps up to make the one hundred percent selfless move is Sawyer. It's not Jack. Yeah, it's not Jack. If Jack really cared about the well-being of everybody else, he'd sacrifice himself for the sake of it happening. And he's not the one that steps up and does it. It's Sawyer. Right. Well, Sawyer's always been the better the better man. Yeah. It's just, again, like one of the things I've loved about these 76, 70, you know, 75, 76 episodes that we've done of this podcast in four seasons is that I, you know, the more we talk about these episodes, we break them down and analyze them. I've gained new perspective on some of these characters. And Sawyer is really one of the main culprits of that. I've really come around on the character of Sawyer. Yay. <laughs> That's exciting. Cause I think he's great. Um, I do think that, that it's great that we kind of get this introduction to the Island's new leadership. And it's kind of like we took, the original leaders and we improved them and made them new people. Like, so I, I wrote this down. I said that Sawyer and Juliet are the new and improved Jack and Kate. It's true. Miles is the new Sawyer. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel is the new lock. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. The miles thing I, I got the moment you said it. Daniel took me a second, but yeah, that I think I think Daniel is a combination. As weird as this may be, I think he's a combination Locke and Charlie. Oh, I was going to say Locke and Desmond. OK, I can see that, too, because Desmond could see the future. The only reason I brought up Charlie was because of the Charlotte aspect. Well, so Charlotte, I think, is just their red shirt. Well, that's what she's going to become. Right. But they needed one. Right. And yeah. I think that because I but I mean, even look, I I make these terms very loosely because I think that we have a new and improved uh, Sawyer personality in in Miles. Right. And I love it. He's not like this racist honky tonk con man. He's like this weird, caustic uh, what, what do you call medium? Right. Yes. And then, and then you've got Daniel who, you know, he's Locke just kind of did stuff on faith. Well, the Island wants me to do it and I'm going to go off and tromp in the woods and not tell anybody, but Daniel knows exactly what's happening, but he still wants to be super vague about it. Like yeah. Locke. Right. Um, speaking of red shirt, uh, did you happen? <laughs> to notice, did you happen to notice the color shirt that Frogert is wearing? Was it red? It's red. Of course it was. Yep. 
which I, uh, you know what? It's a kind of remind, the way he died. Sorry. It reminded me of when, um, <laughs> of Samuel L. Jackson in, um, Deep Lucy. Yeah. And Deep yes. Lucy <laughs> makes the massive speech <laughs> yeah. only to be taken out. Like yeah. yep. <laughs> we don't even have fire. Okay. Here's Rastle. some fire. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you need a way to cut out a lot of characters, how else to do it than to just have faceless people just fire flaming arrows into the group? Especially in the island, because you're just like, yeah, okay, that tracks. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Well, I mean, it does. I mean, you look at some of the inhabitants of that island, both from the past and the present. Yeah. Flaming arrows makes a lot of sense. Even if it didn't, though, I think that as a viewer, you're just at the point where you're like, cool. All right. Yep. I buy it. <laughs> but yeah, Frogert made Frogert was wearing a red shirt. I love it. Uh, earlier on, when when the sun was still out, he was wearing a red shirt. And then it's kind of difficult to see once it goes to the night scene when he gets killed. But yeah, he's I'm, I'm assuming he didn't change because he gave Sawyer the other shirt that he had. Uh so yeah, so to see to see him wearing a red shirt was fun. It's a common trope in television and movies that usually people die are wearing red shirts, and it comes yeah. from Star Trek for anybody that's not aware of it. Usually the away teams were like the ensigns wore red shirts and they were the ones that usually never came back from the away missions. <laughs> Hence the term red shirts, which I, I love. I love seeing people do that. I do too, especially because like if you know, you know, but if you don't, then you don't, you'll never know. But, yeah. <clears throat> but I it's do kind, love it. It's kind of like, it's become another common trope, kind of like the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Like the Wilhelm scream is very popular in pop culture. You hear it once you, once you know the scream, you will hear it every time you hear it. And it's in a lot of movies that people have seen. I mean, I, I love it that they call it the Wilhelm scream because in my opinion, it's, it's R2D2 scream. <laughs> R2-D2 never does the Wilhelm scream. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. No, you're thinking of a different sound effect. R2-D2 never does the Wilhelm scream. Um, one of the stormtroopers in Star in Star Wars does the Wilhelm scream. Uh, in the Because the Wilhelm scream is only in uh, Star Wars A New Hope, and it's when Luke and Leia are getting ready to swing over that chasm. And the stormtroopers are on the other side. It's one one of the stormtroopers. Here's a I'm giving our listeners a lesson in Wilhelm scream. Um, it's when one of the stormtroopers falls over the edge down into the chasm is when you hear the Wilhelm scream. I don't think so. Agree to disagree, but okay. Well, okay, yeah. Um, hey, you're uh, you're the you're the guy. So the sound guy, the movie trivia guy. And I, I just have, and I also have a podcast <clears throat> called Wilhelm. Oh. <laughs> so. Um, but no, I mean, the, the okay, red, okay. <laughs> the red shirt trope is kind of like another Wilhelm scream. Like you hear the re- the Wilhelm scream in number of movies and television series from start. Like I said, for Star Wars, to Lord of the Rings, you hear it. Um, and red shirts is another common trope that you hear or that you see. It'd be odd if you heard it, uh, that you see in a lot of different other pop culture projects. Anyway, Frogert wore a red shirt. Frogert wore a red shirt. That's New a band. really long way of saying Frogert yeah. wore a red shirt. Frogert wore a red shirt. New band name, I called it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you happen to see, uh, you know, while we're talking about that scene with 
you know, the flaming arrows coming in uh, and, you know, people getting taken out and Sawyer and Juliet running for their lives, as well as Rose and Bernard and Daniel and Charlotte and everybody else. Uh, did you happen to see who else makes a, uh, an appearance in that scene? Someone who we haven't seen in a while? No. Vincent. I did. And you know what? I, that's so great that you said that because I actually made a note in my head to be like, let him off the leash, man. Let him run for his life the way that he needs to. Yeah. They're like holding him back and running from flaming arrows, like unhook him or let go of the leash, like do something to let him survive. But I love the fact that through everything that has happened to all of these people on this island, Vincent is a survivor. Like he is still there. He may not make an appearance in every episode, but he is still alive. Like he, he's the, he's the, the losty mascot. He, and when it comes down to the very end, uh, spoiler alert, he is one of the last people that you see in the series. He's not a person, but yes, I get what you're saying. <laughs> still a he. Vincent is still a he. Um, Vincent is in he I think if I if I remember correctly I think he's in the last scene I yeah he's no the he's the very scene. last shot yeah he's in the very last shot of the scene in the first shot and the last shot yep which is amazing it's an amazing bookend I love it to the series yeah like I love series it that they did that. <laughs> the series ends with the same shot as it began with and which is great yeah I love it I can't wait till we get to talk about that finale that finale has divided so many people and I, yeah. and I've defended it since it aired. Meanwhile, game of Thrones united a lot of people <laughs> in its hatred for, yeah. the, for the finale. Uh, I, I always have to bring up the hate that I hold in my heart for. Game of Thrones. Well, what's funny is I was in a group um, in a group chat that I was in. Somebody brought up the whole, uh, if you could, if you could bring back a show for one more season, what would it be? And, you know, there's a lot of like, oh, Firefly and Jericho and Pushing Daisies, which are all good options. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Rima, said Game of Thrones. And What did she say? Wait, wait, wait. Start over? She said, if you could bring a television series back for one more season, what would it be? Uh -huh. and, and Rima's response was Game of Thrones. <laughs> and everybody was like, why Game of Thrones? And she's like, because they need to fix the travesty they gave us for the last season that we did. It, which the last season, which should have been two to begin with. Yeah. So, oh God, this has been finale talk with Ben. Finale and talk with Ben and Kristen. <laughs> uh, you know, getting back to Saeed and Hurley, which is pretty much the the meat of this episode. Uh, how great was it seeing another? Fast, another face from the past in this episode. Anna Lucia, oh my gosh, I loved seeing her. And I also loved it that he wasn't getting pulled over in that moment. I know. Because <laughs> I, I like rewatching this episode when he's driving with Saeed and the police lights came on. I'm like, I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember him getting pulled over. Like, I know at some point he goes back to jail, but it's not yet. Like, what I remembered it was Anna Lucia. The minute she got out of the car, I was like, oh, yeah, this is Anna Lucia. It wasn't until she was approaching the window. I was like, oh, that's right. I think yeah. this is Anna Lucia. It was so cool. It was so cool. Which actually adds further credence to the the rumor that we had talked about before and we have since yet debunked that uh, that 
you know, Michelle Rodriguez was booted off the show because of the DUI uh, that she got when she was in. And, you know, Lindelof and them have come out and said, no, no, this was always part of the story that she yeah, was yeah. going she was going to die. They would have never brought her back for this cameo if no. she was written off for the DUI. So this just further debunks that rumor of why she left the show. Like this was always part of her story. Right. Cause that could have been, cause that could have easily just been Charlie. Oh yeah. Or they could have brought back cutlets for that. Well, he'd never met cutlets. Oh yeah, he did. Did Yeah, he he did. Okay. Yeah. Remember um, when they started doing the flash forwards and he got arrested after going into going into uh, like, crashing his car into something and uh cudlets comes in he's like i actually i had a my old partner was was on that plane that's right on a lucia and he's like nah don't know her Mm -mm. i didn't see i I didn't run her funeral (laughs) um and then uh, you know of of all things to say to hurley when she's leaving you know oh by the way libby says hi that was awesome which we we kind of know Cynthia Watros actually was removed from the show because of DUI. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez was not. So, because at some point, I'm sure they probably could have. Although I think Cynthia Watros actually does come back. She in the, in the last season. Well, she also comes back. Um, she's already been back too in a, a hospital scene of some sort. Yeah, I don't remember. Recently, and it was someone's hospital scene. Yeah, I don't Was remember. it Hurley's hospitals? Well, we know there's a scene with her in the mental institution with Hurley. Um, no, no, she was playing like the doctor or the nurse oh, or something that's like right. that. It was, it was Michael. Yes, that's what it, it was. was. Yeah. Michael- yeah, 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 yeah. Because he killed. Yep. See? Yep. We're, we know things. <laughs> so, yeah, so she does come back. And if I remember correctly, I think she's with Hurley in the church. In the, in yeah, the yeah, family. yeah. Well, everybody comes back at the end. Well, Michelle Rodriguez doesn't. She doesn't need her end. Oh, that's true. That's right. She, she doesn't need that. Um, I'll turn it back over to you because I've been talking for a while. Where do you want to go? Well, I did. Uh, I mean, staying with Hurley and Saeed is OK. I feel like Hurley was being tested. Uh, during this episode for kind of like whether or not he's really ready to lead, I think, just because like Saeed was gone. He had to make a lot of his decisions. He was screwing up right and left, which is why Anna Lucia gets involved. And she's like, man, you have got to pull yourself together. Like, are you kidding me right now? You've got a passed out guy in the corner. You've got blood. Oh, this is ketchup, actually. Blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> You can't be this like like bumbling fool anymore. Like you've, you've got to start being an adult buddy. Like, let's get this going, you know? And, um, you know, you, you, you kind of see elements of that kind of popping up throughout the episode, but when it really comes down to it, he's still running. Ben comes in and he just freaks out and he'd rather get arrested for multiple murders (laughs) than, than be in a kitchen with Ben. And without Saeed to talk to him, without Jack to be there, without somebody else to be there to talk to him, he he is not willing to make his own decisions um, or or t- 
take accountability or responsibility for anything yet. He's still in follow mode. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, that scene in the kitchen, which when he throws the hot pocket is hysterical. Um, I just wanted to clean the wall. I, the I know, whole it, scene. I just wanted to clean the wall. There's just that sauce splotch on the wall. I could bed. barely concentrate on that scene because I just wanted somebody to wipe down the damn wall. And I, and I love the fact, too, that Ben doesn't flinch. Like he is solid as a rock when Hurley is throwing a hot pocket. It smashes against the wall. Hot pockets. Ben doesn't even blink. Like it's just like, okay. But Hurley screamed like, ah, and throws the hot pocket. Like is just, I laughed both times I watched the episode. Does that seem to you like a reaction of somebody who is seeing Ben for the first time since the island? Or do you think Ben has visited Hurley already? Or Hurley knows Ben is off the island? Because I don't think that's something that's established at this point. We know that Jeremy Bentham has visited Hurley, but has I don't think Ben ever has at this point yet. Probably not. He probably hasn't had to. And if Ben knows that Hurley is supposed to be eventually back on the island and, and taking over, he may be reluctant to start that journey for Hurley because Ben wants that back. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm speaking off the cuff here. Well, I mean, as we talked about last episode, we know that and we didn't really dive into it in detail, but we know some of the things that Ben said last episode are absolute lies. You mm-hmm. know, having not seen Locke since being on the island, we know that's a lie. Um, you killed him. Because Ben is the <laughs> is the one he's the reason why John Locke is in the coffin. Um you know, but there's elements of Ben in this episode that kind of come across as in like, yeah, he is genuinely there to help these people. hundred percent. hundred percent. We have we have a different Ben right now. Yeah, uh, the fact f- just for starters, the fact that he flushes Jack's pills down the toilet because he knows that Jack has an addiction problem at that point. He, he knows that Jack is addicted. And the fact that when Jack is looking for his pills, Ben tells him like, oh, I flushed them down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like he is there to get Jack clear. He needs Jack clear for his, I mean, it might be selfish motives because he needs Jack so that he can get back to the Island as well. But he like, you don't no, do no, that. no. He's, he's really, I, I, I think that you're right. And I, I, and I'm not sure how much of it really is selfish when it comes to getting Jack clear, because when, um, what's her name at the butcher shop, you know, starts down like bashing him. He says, Hey man, yeah. cut him some slack. He's been, he's through, been a lot. through a lot. They all have. Yeah. And that, I mean, that to me was the most human, not human, but he he's showing empathy. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and we don't see empathy from him. We see calculating manipulative, um, you know, there's, there's bursts of humanity that we see throughout the show. Definitely. But this is the, this is one of the first times or one of, one of the few rare times you see empathy. Yeah. I think this is a right, like I, I think as a first time viewer, I was already a really big fan of, of Ben as a character. Yeah. I've said it multiple times. He is my favorite character in the series, but I think it's right. What's your favorite the- Tom Cruise movie? My favorite. <laughs> He listens to this. He knows what you're talking about. I know. I hope I hope he just had a big old laugh. So do I. Um, I wasn't but, even there. <laughs> but this is one of those moments that I think I really like 
I think this is probably one of those times that really started to solidify that like, okay, yeah, Ben is my favorite character. Like he, like, you're right. This is the first time we see empathy from this person. Uh, I'm sure we've seen it before, but you know, there's him off the Island cleaned up in clothes, showing empathy for some reason resonates um, more. I don't know. Well, because like, even when Alex is killed, we have empathy for his character for the first time, but I re- for one of the first times, but I, I don't think we see a lot of empathy from him. Like he just, he's just on a rage. He's just on a revenge kick. Uh, Ben's actions post um, Alex dying are some of my favorite. Oh, Alex was the switch is the switch that flips him. <laughs> he just, he just went full Rambo and it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's like, Oh bitch, I'm going to release the smoke monster on you. Then I'm going to go turn the wheel. Then I'm going to, you know, like he's amazing. <laughs> well, we talked about it in the finale too, that like, even when he kills Kimi and he goes full on rage attack on Kimi, yeah. it's like, we know what that means for everybody else. But in that moment we're with Ben, like, yeah, kill this motherfucker. Sorry for my language. Like, like we know now you have to put an E on this. I always put an E on this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Just in case uh, on this, I, on this family show, <laughs> I, I try to reserve the F bombs for when they matter. Yeah. Okay. And and that's one of those moments. I'm like, yeah, that deserved to be said. I've cleaned up my language a lot. We don't curse nearly as much as we did when we first started this podcast. No, that's true. <laughs> I know. We save them for when they matter. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is like, you're right. This is a side of Ben that we love seeing. And even later on when he's standing in the kitchen with Hurley, getting back to that, like he says, like Hurley, like Saeed is with Jack. I, I'm here to bring you to them. Uh, you know, Jack is helping Saeed. How else would I know that? If yeah. Jack called me, how else would I know that? He's not lying at this point. Yeah. Like he's he's legitimately being truthful to Hurley because he is there in Hurley's best interest. He knows he has to get Hurley back to that island, but it's Hurley that's very hesitant. And getting back to your point, I honestly think Hurley running out of the house and getting himself arrested while not not in his own best interest is a brilliant move on Hurley's part. Because if you want to get away from Ben, that's the way you know for sure Ben can't get back at you. No way. No way. Of course, Ben can do anything. Yeah. I think we've all learned this, okay? Hurley, <laughs> I, and, and, and the fact that Hurley doesn't realize that at this point, then, you know, he's a little delusional. <laughs> yeah, which, because if I, so now, like, there's so, there's something that's starting to come back to my memory, Um we we had a list we had a listener reach out um and ask how Hurley gets out of prison to get back or to get on the plane and get to yeah. the island. If I remember correctly, and I could be wrong on this, we'll find out when we get there. I don't think Hurley is out of custody when he's on the plane. I think he's in a Kate situation where he is the one being escorted by somebody. But I could be wrong on that. Do, um listeners, you you don't have to correct me if I'm wrong because we haven't gotten to that episode yet. We'll find out when we get to that episode whether or not I was right. But I think Hurley <laughs> was the one that's in custody on that plane. Like he's oh, in scenario. Poor Hurley. We'll find out. We'll find out when we get there. Um going back to um going back to the moment that Hurley shows up at home with Saeed. Uh yeah, 
you are absolutely right. Hurley's dad is absolutely enjoying the wealth because who puts an entire jar of caviar on a sandwich? Like for starters, if you put caviar on a sandwich, it's like a little dollop. You don't put an entire jar because that shit is expensive. It's also, you know, salty. I was just going to say, do you want a little soda that, you know, do you want a little sodium with your uh, <laughs> sandwich? <laughs> That's like, you know, you know what it reminds me of? Um, there's for any cooks out there, uh, there's a product called Better Than Bouillon. Yeah, I is, use it. I use it, too. I use it when I make uh, gravy. Beef when stew. I, yeah, I use it when I make beef gravy. So um the recipe calls for like a half teaspoon of it in the yeah. gravy. And at one point I was like, I'll add a little bit more just for some extra flavor. Nope. That made my lips pucker. I Have you ever tasted get... it? Just like stuck your finger in it and tasted it? No, I'm afraid. Do to. it. Do no. it. It's a salt bomb. I know. I did it once. <laughs> but I, I literally, the recipe for my gravy calls for like half a table, like half a teaspoon. And I think I put like a full teaspoon in because I wanted some extra flavor. I had to get rid of that batch of gravy because <laughs> it was entirely too salty. <clears throat> so putting caviar, that much caviar on a sandwich is ridiculous. Well, yeah. But you know what? Um, Hurley's dad is, ridiculous he is well i mean but i mean as ridiculous as he is sitting there eating a caviar sandwich watching expose um he does kind he he backs hurley you know what hurley has great parents because as look they took all his money and they are enjoying the hell out of his money but hurley needed help and his dad came through. Hurley needed to tell the truth and his mom believed him his mom believed him yeah and that's that is what every child wants from their parents is for their parents to support them, mm -hmm. to believe them, to be there for them. And her, and you can see that Hurley got that. And that's why Hurley is as great as he is because he, he at least had that with his mom. His dad showed up later, but he did have that with his mom yeah. and that's great. And the money didn't change that. And that's great. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great point. Money may have changed his parents, to a degree of like enjoying that, yeah, that wealth and everything. But you're right; it never changed how much they backed Hurley. Yeah, it, it never changed how much they cared about him. It never changed how much they protected him or came to his aid when he needed it. Right. Uh, you know, his father hid him when the police showed up at the door. His, you know, he helped get Saeed out of the, uh, you know, out of the house to to Jack because he knew Saeed needed it, and, and he then he Hurley protected. And then he protected Hurley again by telling Jack to stay away from him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. Like his dad may be into the money, but he's not less into Hurley. Like he, he still protects his son. Yeah. So that's you know, everything. I mean, it would be one thing, like it's one thing that his mother does because his mother has been a part of his life this entire time, but his father, it's easy to say his father is back in his life purely for the money. But this episode proves that's not like, yes, he's there for the money, but he's still there for his son. You know, because, and you know what? That really proves that, like, you know, dire straits make people do crazy, desperate things. It shows true colors. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. well, OK, but he can be there for his son. 
because he doesn't have to try and like make ends meet or he doesn't have to try and scrounge up something, you know, to be, you know, you can look at it as a way of like, I mean, it, it doesn't excuse the fact that he abandoned his wife and, and son, but you know, he had all the money in the world. He had all of the, you know, luxury in the world, his jar of caviar on a sandwich. And he still chose to love his son. So, yeah. well, I mean, cause even still like, and you, you think about it, you know, when you look at priorities, like, yes, he's there for the wealth, he's there for the comfort, but to protect Hurley when he's accused of murder, which he knows at that point, uh, you know, that puts him at risk. So he's still willing to risk losing everything to protect Hurley. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. if he gets caught harboring Hurley, guess what? His ass goes to prison, too. And he loses yeah, we that never, wealth and comfort. We never actually find out what happens to Hurley's parents because they arrest him at Hurley's house. True, but I don't think his parents are home when he's arrested. So it could be very easy to explain that he he was there. Oh, no, because the cops were sitting there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad it's never I'm I'm glad it's never addressed, actually, because I don't want to see anything happen to Hurley's parents. Like, I don't want to see them go to prison for for his for his action. Yeah, no, me neither. I don't think Hurley wants that either. No, I don't. I don't think Hurley wants it either. Um, what about you? No, no, no. I just did me. You do you. <laughs> oh, OK. Oh, yeah, so one of the other things I wanted to I'm looking at my notes here. And um, one of the thing, one of the other things I wanted to bring up is um, Hurley explaining to his mom everything that happened on the island. Does that remind you of anybody? <laughs> That's a total Luis from Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. That's a total Luis from Ant-Man recapping the entire story. However, I would have liked to have seen Luis do it. Uh, that would have been amazing. But there were some the- polar bears, right? But then this giant smoke monster yeah. comes yeah. out, right? And you don't know where it's going. Oh my gosh, where's it going? Is it coming to me? No, it's going to go in hell. By the way, Kevin, I know this is going off topic again. Kevin Feige, head of Marvel, has admitted there is a cut of Luis recapping the entire Avengers saga okay, from where is start it? to finish. That's what I said. I'm like, release that. I need to see that doesn't exist until we've all seen it. Yep. (laughs) Because people were calling for that, like lead every they wanted Luis to recap everything that happened leading up to Endgame and And, have that be the marketing. Yeah. And and Feige has announced it exists. Well, then release it. I want to see it. Show your cards, man. We're calling you. (laughs) Um, Let's go back to the island for a minute. Because okay. I, I want to talk about what's happening with Charlotte. Okay. Uh, Sawyer got a shirt. So that, that was nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sawyer got a shirt. Froger died for his um, or for the color of his. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we killed off a bunch of characters uh, who didn't have names, like a bunch of faceless characters. And, um, you know, we get a little bit more with Charlotte not remembering her own mother's maiden name. And, it's sad because the nosebleed last episode into the memory, the memory loss in this one, Charlotte's not long for this world, unfortunately. Well, she has no constant. True. Yeah. She, this is going to, this is going to become a factor uh, very, very soon. Actually, I think within the next episode or two, this is going to become, this is going to become something that definitely, uh, 
affects Charlotte's future. Yeah. And and the short future that she has. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. Um, because you kind of come around on her. Well, you get to a point now in this series where we know that Daniel and Charlotte have feelings for one another, or they care about one another, rather. Um, and that's not gonna last very long. Oh, yeah, I didn't care about that. Is that weird? I don't, I don't think many people did, to be honest. I, I actually wanted just to know more about her backstory and stuff like that, you know? Well, we do get it even after her character is gone, but it would have been fun to like have her continue. Because because she was, because you were coming around on her is what I'm saying. Like she spends all of last season just being real bitchy and kind of uptight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And so she's more relaxed and more like a part of things, you know? So she she's one of those characters where you feel like she was gone too soon, like Shannon, um, like Shannon, Libby. Maybe she's a new Shannon. <laughs> well, she's not shot by Anna Lucia. Or, no. Oh my god! That wow! That's been so long ago. I forgot about that. That Anna Lucia is the one that killed Shannon. Uh yeah, so I mean, I, again, there's not really much to talk about. It's basically they're they're starting to get to what's going to become the the first casualty of this new group. Yeah, and and well, not including the people that were just killed by arrows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not including the big mass murder that just happened in this episode. Yeah, not including That's them. Fine. And Frogert. Poor Juliet. Uh, Juliet's like putting sand on somebody trying to put out the fire. So it's like. He dead. Yeah. He real dead. He, let's he's go. He's gone. But let's talk about what happens next from there. Is we've we've now encountered in whatever time frame that they're in, we've now encountered two groups of different people. We there's the people firing the flaming arrows, mm-hmm. and there are soldiers yeah. on this island as well. We're going to get those soldiers again later. Mm-hmm. They are going to come into play again later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is our first introduction to them at this point. I Juliet screaming for her hand not to be chopped off was just chilling. Yeah. But who comes to the rescue? Locke. I know, of all people. Of I think Sawyer was just as surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Hello James. Juliet, like it's he just comes casually strolling in. Do you think that was him? That was him walking through the bushes before when they were hiding, right? It looked like it was him. Um, what do you mean before the soldiers found them or? Yeah. They were hiding before because one person walked by and I thought it was Richard at first. And then when they emerged, that's when they started getting ambushed. Yeah, I, I think there's a good possibility that was most likely luck because those soldiers, they weren't they weren't of the casual stroll like they, they were, weren't being stealthy. No, they weren't. <laughs> At all. Um, And I don't think they're all, I don't think they're all dead. Like we know for sure one of them is dead because he had a knife thrown right through his gut uh, (laughs) by John Locke. So we're pretty sure he's not making it. Um, But I think if I remember correctly, the leader is actually taken hostage in the next episode. Like they, uh, Jones or whatever his name was. Uh, Because I think we're going to find out who they are relatively soon. It's going to be before I think time stops jumping. 
You know, I always had a memory that time stopped jumping by the end of the premiere. So I guess I'm a little off on time. The timing of this season as well. Maybe. Yeah, because I I had always thought, I think you're right. I think by the end, I had always had the impression that by the end of this episode, we were done with the time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it goes for another episode or two. Well, the next episode is a Desmond um, flashback, so I'm not sure how much of the skipping in time we're going to get, or maybe we'll get a lot of it because Desmond and uh, Daniel have to link up uh, to be yeah. con- the, the each other's constant. And let's just segue right into this because we're about to get a big dose of our new character, Eloise Hawking. Eloise Hawking, who... Um, we, at this point, as a few, as first time viewers, we, we know we've seen her before, but we don't know where, but we don't know where, oh no, we, no, yes, no, we do. but we've, yeah, but unless you've been breaking it down every single thing, you'll be like, wait a minute, I know you from somewhere. Where do yeah. I know? I've seen you in the show. And I was wrong when I said last week, she's the one that paints the picture of Desmond and, 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 uh, of Penny, which I corrected myself. I'm like, no, she wasn't that person. I remember who she was now. She's the one that sells Desmond the ring. Yes. Yes. So we had, and remember, if we remember that correctly, that scene, like she's the one that reminds him like, no, you need to do this. Mm -hmm. So we know that we already know at this point, she is somebody interesting. We just don't know who she is. And now this is the first time we're seeing her since then. And she is, and she's friends with Ben. Like they, they know each other. Because yeah, this is where it starts to get into like this twisted, gnarled family tree. You know, you've got Daniel and Desmond and Penny and Charles and Eloise. And then Ben is kind of like, you know, I know everybody. Woo. You know, like it's just like they're all family and they're all not family. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, there are, it's, it's, it's such a weird dynamic because we know people who have seen the series, we know who she is Mm -hmm. or who she's related to Mm -hmm. rather. And we've kind of already gotten mention of her at this point because Daniel says to Desmond, you need to find my mom. Mm -hmm. Well, this is his mother. We just don't know this yet as first time viewers. We're not aware of this. Um, but I, I I love the dynamic too of that when we first see her, it feels very, um, very um, Dharma stationish. Like there's the old '80s computer that she's working on. It's yeah. this dark and dingy area. Um, she's very obviously underground with like this this twirly staircase, and you're like, ooh, like is this, is this happening on the island? Like what is happening? And then she comes up to a church, and who's standing there? But Ben. We're like, no, this is off island. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's the whole um, event window determined, which is what appears on um, on the computer. And when she tells Ben, you have 72 hours. Yeah. like It's like, okay, if if we're smart, if we think about this, this means that this is another this is that window to get back to the island. Yeah. So everything has to come together in Ben looks hours. really, really uneasy about this time frame too. He's just like, mm. <laughs> I yeah, Hurley I, threw a total wrench into his plan. I know. And he sounds really, really worried. He's like, I lost Reyes tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 
there just seemed to have been like a, a magnitude to that sentence. You know, there was like, you could feel the weight of that sentence in that scene. And that, that's really, that's something to behold. Of of He's legitimately worried. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, cause when he says to (laughs) Eloise, he's like, that's not, I need more time. And she's like, well, you don't have it, you know? So, I mean, we know he's got, he's got Jack in his back pocket. Jack is assisting him to get Sawyer. Kate's path is kind of, or Saeed. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Kate's path has kind of already been diverted to where it needs to go through the use of his lawyers. Um, the only ones that are in question are Son and Hurley. And Hurley just massively went off off path. You know, so, and he doesn't know what to do at this point. And it's just, you know, he he knows how he's going to get Son. And that's by telling Son that Jin is still alive. Yeah. You know, so that's how he's going to win over Son. But now Hurley is is the kink in the chain. Like, I don't see what do Kate. Do? I don't see Kate. Uh, Kate. I mean, look, we we know Kate goes back. Blah blah blah. It is hard to believe at this point, though. I mean, look, all you have to do. We all know all you have to do is is tell some that Jen is alive, and and that gets her to stop everything, right? Yeah. But what is what is Kate's carrot? I don't know. And I think that I that's, can't remember for the life of me. <laughs> I don't remember either. I think. I'm, I don't want to look it up. You know what I mean? Like, I know that I can easily do that. Yeah, I'm not looking it up either. I I think Ben's idea with Kate at that point was Kate felt protected in her home. He needed to get her out of it because you frighten Kate the slightest amount. She goes on the run. She flees. Um, that's always been Kate's MO. So he knew to send those lawyers there questioning Aaron, you know, questioning Aaron Aaron's DNA that was the way to get her out of that bubble and then worry about it from there. And that's the case. It's a good plan. He scared her out of her bubble. She's now on the run. Now all he has to do is divert her path. You know, if she, if he couldn't get, if he could never get her out of that bubble, how he, how could he get her to where she needs to be? Cause she'd never leave, scare her out of that bubble. And now he can influence the path. It's a lot of influencing to leave Aaron behind, though. Yeah, because that's what happens. Aaron's not on that plane. And I don't understand why Aaron doesn't factor into any of this. I don't know. Maybe Aaron was just never part of the the plan. Because remember, he isn't he the sixth. He is. He's he's the oceanic. yeah, he is in the Oceanic Six. He's the Oceanic Six, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's part of the plan. He's just one of the Oceanic Six because he's one of the six that got off the island. Doesn't necessarily mean he's part of the island's plan. The six was named by the pup by the press. It wasn't named by Ben. No, I understand that, but I I I, I understand that. I'm just that's just like one of the plot holes that I'm I'm hoping is resolved to something that feels resolved. As the reasoning why Aaron wasn't included in the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because, you know, there was that guy back in season one who told Claire, like, nobody else can raise this kid. But in essence and long term, that's what happens. Right. Because Kate leaves Aaron behind. So neither. Well, but then again, Claire does get off the island in the end. So Claire and Aaron could be reunited. 
Okay. Well, let's just, let's just say that that's what happens for argument's sake until it's told to us otherwise. Well, I don't think it ever does get told to us otherwise. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> because in the, it's, in the, it's in the finale that they get off the island again. And Claire's one of the ones that get off the island. You don't see them reunited after they get off the island. That's like where the series ends. So I think it's just theorized that maybe Claire and Aaron are, are reunited at some point. We'll they have to be. we'll have to wait to see because I don't remember for the life of me who Aaron gets left with. So maybe that will give us a clue as to whether or not they could be reunited in the end. Clearly, I don't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know, but I know you know like you said looking. Kate's carrot is Claire. That's right. She feels like she needs to go back and save Claire. That's right. Good call. Good memory on that one. Um, the island jumping happens for the next three episodes. Okay. It well, happens until um, 316? Ep- episode five. 316 is when the island has stopped jumping and everybody goes back. Ah, got it. Because 316 is death. 316 is the uh, is the flight number that gets them back to the island. Um, this place's death is when John Locke corrects what is happening to the island. Okay, cool. So that's when the island jumping happens. So we get three more episodes of the island jumping um, and the time jumping because this place's death is also when we meet, this is going to sound weird, when we meet Eloise Hawkins for the first time. Yep. I'm excited about that too. Yes. And it's also when we meet Charles Whitmore for the first time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting really excited about what's to come. And I know, like, if anybody's watching this series for the first time, listening to this conversation, like, what do you mean for the first time? We've already met them both, like, numerous times. First of all, why are you listening to us if you've never seen the show before? (laughs) Yes. I mean, thank you, but why? (laughs) Yeah. But, like, like, what do you mean? Like, we've already met them for the first time. Mm, You'll get what we're talking about when we get to that episode. Um, All right. So we talked about um, Ben's visit to the butcher. One thing that we haven't talked about is that very beautiful scene with Kate and son. I can I tell you, I honestly got choked up a little bit. Me too. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Anything that mentions gin right now sends me a little a little over the edge. (laughs) Well, it was it wasn't just the conversation. It was the fact that they were flashing back to it. happening. I know. I know. I know. That's, That's what, what I'm talking it. about. Jen's like, hey, hey, I'm like, oh, gosh, it's like watching the end of Romeo and Juliet. It's like, just get him off the boat. Yeah. That's that. You're I'm I'm glad you brought this up because it is in my notes, but why don't you go ahead with it? No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was I was just gonna say, like, I so I, you know, as first-time viewers, we know that Jin blame or son blames two people for Jin's death because she does mm-hmm. believe that Jin is dead at this point. Um, we know one of them is Charles Whitmore, but it's never revealed yet who the other person is. Ben Lina, she said it last episode. Oh, that's right. She did say it last episode. Yeah. Okay. It's confirmed that it's Ben Linus. Yeah. Because we get that moment where like Kate is breaking down. Like we know she feels guilt for basically like ploying and getting son on the chopper telling him she's going to save Jin and then not doing it um this has been something that's way been weighing on her for the longest time she feels guilty for Jin's death so for son to say like grab her by take her by the hand and say i don't blame you 
Like that's huge. And that has to be, I would have to think that would have to be a relief for both of them. More for Kate than Sun. Yeah. Sun has already accepted that she doesn't blame Kate. Mm -hmm. But maybe, I would think maybe saying it out loud would be a little bit of more of an extra relief. Well, it's very hard for me to imagine, you know, this was, this was one of my last notes for the episode actually is despite everything that these people went through, despite all the press and all the experiences and coming back and having to reacclimate and blah, 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 and having to keep this lie that they are as far removed from each other as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it seems to me that a lot of them are like seeing each other for the first time in three years, which is surprising to me. Well, I mean, if you look at the lie that they told, you know, and the fact that this was just a plane crash, we survived by surviving together. Not everybody made it. Uh, what, you know, after three years, what reasoning would you have to not return to your normal life? If you weren't hiding a lie, you know, I think going back to their normal lives, son going back to Korea, you know, everybody else doing what they needed to do. Jack going back to working in the hospital. I think that's the best way to kind of cover that you're lying. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be able to turn that off. I wouldn't be able to just forget about those people because of the high impact they had. I mean, they've all changed so much. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not the same people that they were before they crashed. Well, I mean, so, and even if the situation they told was real, even if the lie they told was real, that's that's a definite strong connection. Like, hey, these six people work together to survive. Yeah, like, like why are you there. at least having like a one year reunion of the day we returned home, or just get together for like Jen's birthday or the birth of um, Jen and Son's daughter, or for Aaron's birthday? Why isn't anybody going to Aaron's birthday party every year? Yeah. Especially if if the lie they told was true, then that means that they were all there for Aaron's birth. I mean, we we see them at Hurley's birthday party. And it. Yeah, but that's it. It's like they all tried to stay in touch and then maybe just fell away. It's just weird to me. Well, I think I also think Hurley's birthday party was relatively close to when they returned. That birthday party theme, man, that still gets me. (laughs) Yeah, mom doesn't exactly get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah i'm I'm glad that you brought up the whole son and kate conversation because it it really was a beautiful moment between the two characters and again a beautiful moment as a viewer because like we admitted like i got choked up watching Mm -hmm. even knowing that jin is still alive like i still got choked up seeing jin on the freighter frantically waving his hands and and this point though we don't know that jin is alive no we don't no, That's don't. a big secret. Well, not exactly, because at the time that the series was was in production, it had been announced that Daniel Day Kim was coming back as a as a series regular. Yeah, but so, with the way that time jumps in this episode, in this it show, could have been flashbacks, yeah. or yeah, um, or a visits to Hurley. You know, it could have been anything at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're yeah, you're right. Um, that really covers a lot of the main things that I have to. I have a couple little notes. 
Yeah, I don't have anything else. Um, I Kate and Hurley just miss each other. At the at, gas station. At the gas station, which is very reminiscent of seasons one and two, because we see through flash a series of flashbacks through seasons one and two, how interconnected these people's lives are mm-hmm. to each other. And we're kind of getting a little bit of a relapse of that. Like we're seeing how close tied these people are to the fact that they just miss each other at a gas station. Even, even though they don't want to be. <laughs> they want um, nothing to do with each other. I know. Um, I did read a cool piece of trivia. Let me see if I can find it. Because I thought it was very cool. Okay. Uh, um, while you're looking for that, I'll just mention my other two notes. Sorry. No, it's it's fine. Um, I I love Miles going to find dinner. It kind of <laughs> gives us a little bit of a sense of that clairvoyance that he has, and he just happened like he he knows to look for a dead animal because he can sense it. You know, and he picks up a boar that had only been dead, that dead died in the woods and had only been dead, been for, dead three for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Have any, anybody have a knife? Yeah, sure. I have a knife. Sure. It's right next to the Cuisinart. Like, shut that up. Was hilarious. <laughs> um, okay. I found it. It said in the gas station scene, all of the oceanic six appear or are explicitly referenced. Hurley and Saeed are in the truck. Kate and Aaron in the SUV son's voice was on the cell phone and Jack's name was on the cells display. Oh, that's a, Good pickup. Yeah, I I read that and I was like, oh, I'm going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good find. Because, yeah, I didn't think about that. You're right. Because, yeah, Jack Shepard is on the phone. I love son. it. Although, I mean, son's voice is on the other line, but we don't hear it. But it's it's Ooh, her. Not at all. But it's, I mean, her. it's her. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. And Hurley and Saeed and Kate and Aaron. Yeah, all six of them. Uh, the only other The only other note I have. And I love this note even more now because of the the point that you made in the beginning of how Miles is the new Sawyer (laughs) and Sawyer is the new Jack is when Sawyer calls Daniel Dr. Wizard and Miles corrects him. He's like, um, I think it's Mr. Wizard. (laughs) So it's like, shut up. (laughs) I love that scene even more now thinking of Miles as the new Sawyer. (laughs) <laughs> I just I, I love it so much. I love well Frogert tried. Frogert tried to uh be the new Sawyer before he died by saying uh Bertie the dentist and calling Sawyer an inbred. But see, it didn't roll off the tongue as nicely because he's you know annoying. Yeah. Sawyer I'd, was charming, I'd, is charming. And you know, stepping into those new roles, like you said, how they're the new Kate and Jack, that's really gonna come into play later because Sawyer Sawyer takes up a leadership role but not just for these people like he takes over a leadership role for a lot of people I love Sawyer so we're we're coming into some good Sawyer yeah and it's already been awesome (laughs) Sawyer really steps into a great leadership role in this season and really steps into the spotlight this season. You know, there are some people that just need their chance. And Sawyer is one of those prime examples. Some people just need the 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 bigger personalities to just get out of the way. You know, Sawyer Sawyer stays rough around the edges because nobody really wants to give him a chance, but when given the chance, he, he rises and he's proved that over and over and over again. But now with Jack and Saeed and Kate gone, 
it, this is Sawyer's opportunity to really show that he could have always been a really good leader. And it becomes an interesting dynamic when those guys come back and find that Sawyer is in that leadership role. Mm -hmm. It's especially with Jack, because Jack has no choice but to take a back seat, which is great. It's it makes for such a fantastic dynamic. And I I can't wait. We're getting to that point. Um, not in. So we get the next like I said, the next three episodes are more flashbacks up until uh, this place is death, which is where the time jumps start. Uh, three sixteen is them coming back to the island. Uh, the following episode is the life and death of Jeremy Bentham, which is an amazing episode, and I cannot wait till we get to that. And I think that entire episode takes place in present day off island, and then it's not until episode eight, which is Lafleur. We should ask uh, Des to come back for life and death of Jeremy Bentham. I'm fine with that. I, think I know he's, I know he's listening to this, so all he's got to do is dead if it does. If you're hearing this, uh, yeah, let us know if you want to do that. <laughs> do you want to come back for the life and death of Jeremy Bentham? Um, well, I mean, he loves Locke so much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much! It's like his favorite character. Uh, but yeah, I, that's that's all of my notes for this episode. I have nothing else. All right. So that leads us into our feedback section of the podcast. Uh, we encourage everybody to leave us feedback, whether you agree with us, disagree with us, let us know if you have some like funny little things that, you know, uh, you know, hit us up, let us know. There are multiple ways you can do that. First, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Twitter at lost revisit pod and Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. And um, yeah, just one final thing. If you're enjoying the show, we encourage you to leave us a review on whatever platform that you're uh, you're listening on if, if it allows you to do so. I know Apple Podcasts does that. Some apps allow you to do it as well. Uh, so if you're liking us, uh, leave us a review. Let us know. Uh, so we have two pieces of feedback, as we usually do from our friends, Des and Steve. Uh, we have to preempt one of them. Uh, our buddy, Steve, who leaves us feedback every week. Um, we don't we don't ordinarily listen to feedback before we play it. <laughs> when we play it, that's the first time we uh, we hear it because we don't want what they say in feedback to um, influence our breakdowns and discussions of the podcast. So we, we don't play them until you hear them. That's the first time we're, we're hearing them. We made an exception this time because Steve sent me a message uh, in saying that he was, you know, pretty sure his, his feedback was coherent enough <laughs> to listen to. Um, in other words, Steve had a little bit to drink while he was watching the episode. And he admits it. And he freely admits it. So um, we're, we're going to play it. It's Enjoy not, the comedy. It's it's not too bad. You can definitely hear a difference in tone from the start of his voicemail <laughs> to the end of his voicemail. Um, so we'll start with that. Just to, just again, be, be pre-warned. I've we, left podcast feedback before that I actually don't remember leaving. And I <laughs> and this was back in like walking dead cast days when like nobody, like I hadn't even met Jason or Karen or anybody at that point. And I got real drunk one night and I left like this drivel 
And I and I spent the entire podcast going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, please don't play it, please don't play it. And then they played it. And I was like, <laughs> but yeah, we we are fully aware that he sounds a little inebriated by the end of this. So just so you know, we're, we are aware uh, we still love Steve to death. So uh, let's just go ahead and play it. This is our uh, our feedback from our buddy Steve Brown. Hey, Christian and Ben, this is Steve, and I'm. Uh, this is for uh, the Lie, episode two of season five. I'm. I'm not sure of the deadline, so I'm, I want to get this in as soon as I can. Frank is great. I, I love Frank. I love Hurley on this rewatch. You know, he he makes that kind of threat about, oh, you're going to need my help, and I'm not going to do it. But then he does help Saeed. So, yeah, I'm loving Hurley. This Michelle Rodriguez cameo was so good. I remember being just blown away when it happened the first time. And the Libby says hi is just a, that's just a sticking the knife in and twisting it. That's right. We get a little razzle dazzle expose in this episode. Okay, I, I blacked out for a second, but now I'm on the uh, Kate and son. Wow, such a good scene. Kate and son. Oh. He does crazy ninja, ninja, oh, ninja things, things, and kills people. But he's okay. He's a good guy. And Hurley trying to explain to his mom is just classic Hurley. I, I love Hurley. I'm so confused because I don't remember this season well enough. John just rescued Juliet and Jane and Sawyer. What, huh? Okay, this season is so crazy. I'm going to have to guys help your help. What? Yeah, I need your help. Because bourbon. (laughs) I'm sorry we're laughing. Bourbon. (laughs) God, Steve, we love you. It's uh, because we're, we get a little razzle dazzle, a little razzle dazzle. <laughs> right when you were razzle dazzle, you're like, here we go. Yep, here it comes. <laughs> I, I like, I like the fact that he said ninja twice, and both times it didn't turn out as ninja. I just like the fact that he admitted he blacked out for a second. <laughs> it was at that point we're like, oh, okay, here it comes. Here's the shift. Hmm. Oh, man. We love you, Steve. Thanks for yes. that. Yes. Thank you so much for always sending something in, too. We really appreciate that. It's yeah. always fun. And I personally love hearing your voice once a week because I don't get to talk to you very much anymore. And man, every time I hear your voice and Des's voice, I just miss you guys so much. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Des, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll play that now and see if Des reminds us how much he hates luck. Or loves John Locke, whichever one it is. I don't know. Here we go. Okay, Ben. I can't imagine you started the show with anything, but why is there a dead Pakistani on my couch? <laughs> <laughs> so, season five, episode two, The Lie. This was a huge heartbreak episode for Hurley fans. At first, we see what a good and loyal friend he is. On the raft, when no one has his back, he swears he'll never help Saeed. But in the present, that's exactly what he's doing, trying to save his friend's life. Uh, when he is stopped by Anna Lucia, she tells him Libby says hi. It seems to me like he's been visited by pretty much every one of his friends who passed on the island, except for Libby. That's kind of sad. 
Anna also tells him to change his clothes, so of course he gets a giant bright yellow t-shirt with a shih tzu on it. No one will notice that. Can I mention what a shitbag his dad is? Okay, he might be right that Jack may not have had Hurley's best interest at heart, but geez, he ran out on his family when Hurley was just a kid and only came back when he won the lottery. We do get the first good parenting moment I think we ever had for Hurley when his mother tells him that she believes him when he tells him everything that happened on the island, even though she doesn't understand it. Just a few random thoughts. There is no way Big Buff Sawyer can fit into scrawny Frogert's shirt. I don't know why, but the flaming arrow scene is my favorite action scene of the whole series. Especially when uh, Juliet stops to try to save someone on the ground and Sawyer pulls her away and tells him he's already dead. Uh, Daniel says the name of the show. Take a drink. And John actually makes himself useful saying, saving uh, Juliet and Sawyer from Teen Charles Widmore. Okay, well, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Des. Um yeah, we never really we never really mentioned Hurley saying like I'll I'll if you guys need help I won't help you and then the next scene is him helping Said. Because you know, Hurley's not ever going to stop being Hurley. Yeah. That's just not Hurley's character. Like right. we know we know Hurley well enough that if anybody comes to him for help he's going to help them. Right. So, I mean, it's just a given that he's doing what he's doing. Mhm. So, uh and Des definitely has some differences of opinions as to Hurley's parents parenting style you know what i agree with him about his dad but i do i do disagree that he's still a piece of crap i don't think he is at all i think that he he loves his son and and he more than proves that in this episode yeah i agree with that uh so thank you everybody for your feedback and again we encourage everybody to do so um at the ways we mentioned before which leads us to our recommendations for the week before we wrap up and I'll turn it over to you, Kristen. Anything you want to recommend? I don't have anything. I <laughs> we're, we're we've been watching Resident Alien, <laughs> and it's so good. Was I was I wrong or right? It's really good. It's yeah. really really good. I I think that they they don't need so much story for the first season. I think they could have taken the entire government subplot completely out. And it would still would have been great. Mm, wait till you watch the finale. All right. You might feel a little differently about that. Okay. Well, you're, you're one episode away from the finale. Yeah. That, that's the last episode you have to watch. Yeah. Um, but um, you, you did get to the point I mentioned about the lost alum that pops up. Yes, I did. I yep. absolutely did. And so, um, yeah, so that's what we've been, that's what we've been watching. And um, my recommendation actually is not, TV or anything like that. We've been outside a lot uh, lately. The weather's getting nicer. Our family is vaccinated. We're starting to, you know, go places again. Um, I mean, not everywhere, but we're starting to kind of get out there. You know, we went mm -hmm. to four different, four different stores over the weekend, <laughs> last weekend, running errands felt pretty good, but we're also just spending time outside. Um, and that feels so good to the point that I am now trying to take like, you know, spend some time in the sun, get some vitamin D every single day, however I can. Yeah. Um, and that's my recommendation. You know, even if you're not vaccinated, even if you're 
at risk. Uh, spend can, some time in the sun. You can do some things in the safety of your own yard if you yeah. have one. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. Like I'm, I'm vaccinated, so I can go out, and I do. Like I, I love. I love door dashing even more now because mm -hmm. I get to do it with the windows down and the music up and it's, it's beautiful. But mm -hmm. even on days when I'm at home, like I would find reasons to go out and do something to work on my car. Yeah. Like, like detailing my car or like putting new, putting new hubcaps on my car or washing it or whatever, like just finding reasons to go outside and do something outside. Yeah. This morning I, I went out and I moved my plants around cause we do container gardening. So I moved my plants around and I, you know, watered everything and I just kind of felt the nice air on me and it just it felt really good. And I was like, I gotta spend more time out here today. That's so I awesome. think I will. I like that. I, I like that recommendation and Thank I you. fully agree with it. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to give you two more recommendations to basically go inside and sit on your ass for a little bit. Uh, but you can do it at night after you've I been outside. Projector. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or put a projector outside and watch it outside. Yeah. Um, there, um, I watched a really great documentary uh, the other day called The Last Blockbuster. Oh, and, I saw something like that. Is it good? It, oh, it's so good. Um, and it makes me so this the last it, it really is. It's about the downfall of Blockbuster Video and how they went from like over 9000 stores to just like like nine. And now there literally is one Blockbuster left remaining in the country. Um, and it's still open. It's become like a tourist spot and you can buy stuff online from them and everything. It makes me want to go. It's in Bend, Oregon. And I really like, of course it is. And there are like, there are <laughs> of videos of there. There's video in the documentary of like Doug Benson, who is a huge movie person. Like I am walking into this blockbuster and he feels just like a wave of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And I would feel this. I used to be a store manager of a blockbuster video. So I know like the whole ins and outs of the store. I really want to go to Bend, Oregon just to walk in this store and get that feeling again. Cause I loved that job. Blockbuster should have changed when streaming hit. They should have just gone with the flow and had both stores and streaming early. Well, they they mentioned in the in the documentary, like one of the things a lot of people attribute to the fall of Blockbuster is Netflix, which actually isn't the case at all. And the documentary talks about that, huh. about how like they were already on the downfall before Netflix was was a thing. They and they mentioned it in the documentary, not to spoil too much, but they had an opportunity to buy Netflix and didn't do it because they didn't think it was the future of video streaming. I could tell that it was immediately. Yeah. They I don't have to go to a store. I could just have a queue and they just send me movies. Cool. But they but they didn't think that was the future. So they turned down the opportunity to purchase Netflix. Wow. Um, it's an amazing documentary again, that leads up to the last blockbuster to the last existing blockbuster. It's so good. It is currently on Netflix right now, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> if you, if you get the opportunity to watch it, I highly recommend it. It's really well done. Uh, the other recommendation I have, and I'm going to preempt this because, um, it is, he, his name is kind of toxic right now and that's Joss Whedon. Um, oh, I'm but uh, there's a new show that just premiered on the, on HBO called The Nevers um, that was written and created by Joss. Now, he has since he's no longer part of the production. Uh, he is one of the creators and he did create it before his whole reputation went toxic. So there's really no way of backing out of that. Um, and he is listed in the credits, but he is no longer part of the production. Uh, the show is 
amazing. Um, and it's it's literally about like superheroes in in 1899 London. So it's got oh, like cool. a, it's got like a steampunkish feel to it, and it's really well done. Like the moment it just premiered this week, and the moment I watched after episode one, I'm like, yeah, I need the rest of this show right now. Oh, cool! It's really well done. So if you can, if you can put aside the fact or accept the fact that Joss is no longer accepted or no longer part of it, it's it's a good watch. But I know some people will stay away from it because of the fact of Joss's the things that have come to light about him lately. Now, let me ask you, mm -hmm. have you watched Minari? No, <laughs> I knew that question was coming. I will. I will. I'm watch almost it. done with resident alien. I will. I, I will watch it before our next recording. I promise. Sure. Yeah. I promise. Okay. So we'll be delayed. <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> I will. I will watch it this weekend. I promise. All right. I will, and we will talk about it next week because I really do have to start jumping into those Oscar nominated films because the Oscars are coming up on the 25th. Oh my gosh. We've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. I know, <laughs> I know. we've had it like twice already. <laughs> so I'm two weeks behind. I really you want to talk about, about the closer. No, <laughs> I hope he's laughing again. <laughs> we love you, Steve. Um, but unless you have any final notes. No. All right. That being said, uh, thank you as always for being a part of this. I love, we're starting to hear from new listeners on the Facebook page and everything. And, and I love it. Uh, feel free to reach out in, in, in any way that we we've given you earlier on. Let us know that you're listening. We love hearing about it, but yeah, cause I'm not on Facebook, so I don't get to see any of that, but I do relay the messages to you. Yes, you do. So you do know when people have reached out, which is great. Yes. Um, but thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for, for coming along on this journey. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. 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 We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.